production maybe going on back there right now. This is actually kind of a green screen, so I really don't have this many books. Yeah, you're putting you're putting us to shame, especially with uh, your background compared to like my white closet and Michael's uh, four pictures in the background. Oh, it's a well, few. It's six actually, for the record. <laughs> Sorry, uh, some family family pictures. Way to go, Aaron! You're, you're insulting my wife's work and. No, I'm not. I was just how saying. Uh, I'm just I'm just complimenting JJ's background. Thank you, thank you. I it's just happened to be there, but um, wasn't set up that way. But yeah, like I've had this office for like about five, six years now. So um, inherited a lot of my books from my family. So they just kept stacking on the shelf. So I read maybe uh, that one. So <laughs> it's like, it's like one book there. Yeah. Hey boys, I'm going to be right back. Give me two seconds. And then we're going to be right back. Sure. This is this, you know, we're already recording and Aaron already takes off like two minutes in. So we're talking about backgrounds. Like one of the first podcasts, like Aaron had like a pile of laundry and I was just ripping him like half the podcast and me just ripping like his background for like half an hour. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. And my, I was just saying how really red or orange my background is or my camera is right now. The filter is just really weird. So Do you have like a fisheye lens. Cause like, it feels yeah, like it's a GoPro. Um, Okay. So I just have it sitting there, and I don't know how to change the filter on it. So, you know, I'm gonna have a like a large stomach and small head, which is not any different than me in real life, anyway. So, you're bit you're built like a barrel. You you probably yeah. bench easily like 450. Yeah, a lot of fish, a lot of fish in this barrel. So a lot of fish in this barrel. Yeah, all that clean eating. Well, speaking of clean eating, Aaron, we I'm have some now. new sponsors that we want to introduce first. Before we yes, uh, kick off our podcast with JJ. So uh, we just landed. This is a hot off the presses. World meats. Aaron, do you like meat? Yes, everybody loves protein, especially from world meats. Especially if you're thinking about T-bone steaks, sirloin. They have everything that you can think about. So that is our newest sponsor from world meats. They are located in the GTA and in Mississauga. And they also do deliver to the GTA as well. So... They do. You can uh, you can order on their website at worldmeats.com. You can use the promo code CHPODCAST. So CH obviously will stand for choking it's, hazard. It's, it's, it's actually going to be at the app. So they're uh, the high push to the app. So you want to use the promo code through the app, not the website. Through the app. Okay. So just to clarify, so you're going to download the World Meets app. You're going to use the promo code C h podcast all ca- all capital letters and you're gonna uh, save some money on uh, your your meat delivery your steak delivery your fish delivery whatever you decide to order you're gonna get some protein and i believe you're gonna save how much are you gonna save aaron 10 percent off uh, it's 10 percent right now yeah as of right now it'll be 10 percent um and also to go with that meat that you're so succulent and juicy what else do we have, Aaron? I think we have. I think we're uh, promoting a family business here, Bud, aren't we? So um, yes. Uh, so uh, TJ Woodworks, so which is my brother's company, but he makes uh, charcuterie boards. So he will be uh, give, offering off one of our charcuterie boards, uh, uh, the Choking Hazard custom made one for us, but it'll be part of our giveaway for the end of the month. So if you guys have been paying attention to Instagram and all that stuff. The uh, giveaway is still on, so that's going to be until the end of the month because it's following the November schedule. So if you don't know that, 
head over to the Instagram and the social media pages, but that's what we're going to be having. So TJ Woodworks, yes, he is my brother, but he makes some fantastic products. So that's going to be up there for the giveaway. For those who don't know, what is a charcuterie board? A charcuterie board. So I had to find this out too. Uh, it is basically a board where you would place like whether it's dried meats or, uh, you know, breads, cheeses, all that kind of stuff, especially if you're going to be uh, having like a family social gathering, but obviously social distance because everybody has to do nowadays. Uh, you can have it on that charcuterie board and that will be what you're going to have. But the good thing is the holidays are coming up. So if you don't feel like buying something for somebody, do the giveaway. You got a gift right there. This could be custom made. It's ready to rock. Could you also place some delicious succulent steak from World Meats on that charcuterie board? Of course you could. Of course, you could put anything you want on there. You could put tons of meat, tons of meat on tons of wood. TG Woodworks. TG um, Woodworks. And what, and what is their Instagram, Aaron? It is the same handle. So it's tgwoodworks.ca. Perfect. And it'll be TG Woodworks on Instagram. Yes, sir. keep we're keeping it in the family. We also have uh, another sponsor that we're going to announce in the in maybe in the uh, short to medium term future. This is a, this will be another big one as well. We're we're uh, finalizing some of the details on that, and uh, we're going to work in some other sponsors uh, later in the podcast. But let's let's get this started. Um, we were trying to. I think Aaron was trying to pronounce your last name. Mm -hmm. JJ, uh, just for everybody who's listening to this, introduce yourself. Um, and uh, what have you been doing uh, the last little few months uh, during uh, this pandemic, I guess you can say? Uh, well, my name is JJ Filipovic. Um, I've been trying to trade as much as I can. Like I said, like everybody else, it's been a challenge. Um, I don't know. Are you guys trading quite a bit? Are you finding some alternate ways of staying sharp or, or doing anything else right now? A little bit here yeah. and there. We've been trying to get some stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. We've been the same thing. Like I said, we're trying to stay in shape. I want to keep my gi fitting still because I can't afford to buy a whole new batch of gis. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, three, so. I myself personally, I'm trying to go up at least three or four weight classes right now. So uh, <laughs> I will be making my debut at some point in the ultra heavyweight division when this pandemic awesome. is over, maybe closer towards like 2025, 20, 2026. 20, I heard they're going to just shift everybody up, though. So ultra heavyweight is going to start at 250 now. So that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> That's the goal. I'm, I'm yeah, actually yeah. trying to hit 250 right now. I've yeah. uh, I've gained I've gained some weight, good weight, I would say, in the last um, couple yeah. uh, couple months. Actually, I'm I'm up to about 200 pounds right now. I usually in yes. my in my athletic prime about like 10, 15 years ago when I was actually competing, mm -hmm. uh, I was probably like like more middleweight. I was probably about 180 pounds. So I'm actually. Yeah. I was actually having this discussion with, with Aaron uh, a little bit earlier. I just, I don't know about you, but like, do, do you feel physically better when you're heavier, when you're lighter, like when you're like lifting weights, when you're doing CrossFit or whatever you're doing, like, how do you, mm -hmm. let, let's, let's kick off maybe a little bit of strength, strength and conditioning. Like, how do you feel normally? Like, what's your kind of your routine? Like, um, I go through phases. Um, I still like to compete. Like if I get a chance to compete still, um, I think if it wasn't for weightlifting and doing a lot of conditioning training, I probably would have stopped competing a long time ago too, or even just training one-on-one -on -one with a lot of my, um, a lot of my students. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting at about 15 pounds heavier than I'm used to. Like I'm, I usually walk around at 200. So I'm, I'm sitting at about 215 right now. I was actually up to about 225, but 
I kind of realized that, um, yeah, none of my clothes fit anymore. So, and I can't afford to buy anything. <laughs> so I started like, maybe, maybe I should close my mouth every once in a while and stop letting food fall in there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel better fighting at heavyweight. So I usually have my cutoff for the 208, but, and I tried fighting at middle heavyweight and, and a little bit lighter than that. And I just like, I lose my strength. So, but you know, I, I find that cutting your weight, and it's a funny thing. You're not really gaining advantage when you're fighting somebody you're the same size as you anyway. So if I'm fighting at 195 or 185, I'm still fighting a guy who's 185, 195. And there's a good chance they're used to fighting at that weight. So I'd rather fight at my regular walking weight. So I'm not a big fan of uh, extreme weight cuts anyways. So. I think I'm kind of at that point as well. I'm not a big fan of them either. Like for bigger tournaments, I think I've done personally, like I've, I've cut out, I've cut a lot of weight. And I think there's a trade-off to it. Honestly, you probably may feel this as well. Like you probably lost a lot of strength. I feel like I lose a lot of strength as well, especially as I'm getting smaller, but I feel like maybe my cardiovascular wise, I probably feel a lot better. Like, I yeah. feel like I can, I'm not going to get tired as much, but like, I just feel I don't have the same oomph on like maybe sweeps or takedowns or even like just trying to like hold a pass or hold somebody down. I feel like it's yeah. not, I don't yeah. have that extra strength and, and weight to kind of solidify something. Yeah. Yeah. My, my biggest problem I find um, when I compete is when against absolute. And my, I think my bigger challenge are fighting guys who are mid heavyweight because their speed's a little bit faster than mine. Um, especially when I'm heavyweight and I'm, I'm a little bit comfortable having that pizza before I go into, into the match. So <laughs> when, when you're a little bit sluggish before you get into that match and you fight some guy who it just feels like they have better endurance, sometimes that's a bit of a challenge too, though. So, you know, it's not bad. Do you feel, especially like when you're like getting ready for a tournament and you're staying at your comfortable weight, you're kind of like eating a little bit better nutrition-wise or do you just kind of like just going with the flow of what you're normally eating on a regular data basis? I usually, um, like, I'd say three or four weeks out, it's a little more strict as far as my weight. You know, my water is higher. Um, I tried the whole, like, Diaz thing where you don't eat a lot of meat. You just go a lot of fish and you try and stay with a lot of vegetables. I tried it a few times. It doesn't really work for me. Like I said, I usually keep to the same routine diet. Um, but I don't really, that's the one thing I notice about me and competing. I don't really get a lot of stress with it. Um, I notice a lot of people feel pressure. Uh, a lot of my students, when when we go to comp, they get really stressed out. You can tell they're a lot quieter. They look at their feet a lot, or they, you know, it's just that kind of energy they have. Um, I think I joke around. I'm really sarcastic a lot, and that kind of bleeds into competition time too. Um, but yeah, so I'm very competitive, but at the same time, I don't try and keep that stress there. So it's not a lot of stress in my school for that. Like, and surprisingly, I have a lot of people who do compete regardless of that. So I think it just makes it more inviting. Let's um let's rewind a little bit because uh, we sure. talked about like what have you been doing with um like ever since like you know COVID hit the pandemic and all that like back in March like what have you been up to from like that time to now? Well, um, I work a full time job outside of the school too though. So um, okay, I, yeah, I actually work in Toronto. I work in Etobicoke, so uh, in an engineering firm there. So I'm there usually from four to four every day. And then I try and hit to the school around five o'clock and I'm usually there till around 10 o'clock at night. And then that's pretty much my, my whole schedule. Um, since COVID hit though, I, I took some time off work and the school shut down for that whole, you know, two, three months. So I went from working, you know, 18 hours a day to catching up on my Netflix, 
<laughs> so, but outside, yeah, I went a little stir crazy for a while. Then I renovated three rooms in my house and my garage um, just to keep busy. And then after that, like I said, things started coming back up again. Um, when it comes to stuff like the PSO, like with, with the OJA, I try and follow as much as I can, but I am very quiet. Like I'm in the background, but I try and listen to everything they talk about. So I try and keep my ear to the ground as far as what kind of restrictions we have. We're a little bit lucky here in Hamilton. Um, I do find that we are still, we're not in the red areas or, or the red zone. So we're trying to stay, you know, with, with every kind of restriction we can and we're following everything here, but classes are going pretty good. Uh, we're definitely a lot smaller and it's a lot more stress. Um, and yeah, like I said, I still stay, I, tr I try and stay as close as I can with some of the other gym owners too. So it's, but it's just really stressful, but you know, we're making it through it too. I said, I have, I, I don't have, I always have a game plan of how things work, whether it's for fighting, uh, whether it's for like Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, I always have kind of a game plan. I always want to know what I usually say is whenever I walk in a room, I always want to know where the exits are in the washrooms because you never know you need both. So for me, I kind of feel the same way about the school. I'm always going to find the washroom. That's the most important thing for me. Hopefully your facility has a washroom. Sometimes. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, cause you're kind of like one of the first schools that we've had a chance to talk to, like coming the West end. Cause remember we've been dealing with like the East end and we went out to Quebec. We were speaking with, uh, uh, Glenn McKenzie before. So, and I know Hamilton had like, like every city's had their issues with uh, COVID and outbreaks and all that kind of stuff. And the biggest thing was that there was never really any outbreaks in gyms. And then there was a cycle studio in, um, Hamilton. Oh yeah, so Spin, you had, Spin, you had, Spinco is the name of that. Spinco, right? Yeah. And we, you had that little bit of a scare, and then all of a sudden it kind of exploded. Like I don't know, did that guy in effect like the way, you, especially you're talk, talking with different gym owners, like how they were going to operate their businesses, or was it just kind of like, okay, ear to the ground, just keep moving forward? Yeah, you know, it, it was weird. Um, it's it, there was like a two prong feeling with what happened to Spinco. Um, the first side was a natural reaction that everyone was angry, especially gym owners or fitness centers. Um, you know, how could you let this happen? Now we, it kind of tarnished the reputation of the area. Like now that people, and we always talk about how gyms don't have any cases. Uh, we're always clean with things. Then all of a sudden somebody has something, you know, it's, it's actually, it, it was a little bit annoying to hear that a gym had that. And then we're like, well, they probably did this. They probably did that. But you, you kind of step back and, and you think about a couple of things. The biggest thing that scares me about it is that's all of our biggest fears is, is having your name in the paper saying, you know, well, 50 had five cases that ballooned down to 200 cases. Like that would be the worst thing that would happen to me. So the second thing was when I, when I heard about this is, is empathy. Like, I mean, I felt bad about these people who ran this place and I know that like any other fitness facility or gym or, or anything that a small business like that, you know, it, it's run out of passion. Like, I mean, I work during the day. I have a job that uh, I have my own income for, but you know, I go in and I, I break my back for my students too. Cause I, I love training. I, lo I love having it as part of my life. Um, so to see somebody run with pitchforks and torches and, and, and try and say, this is what you're doing wrong when you try to do everything right. Anyways, um, it's kind of scary. So, uh, just between me and my coaches, and, you know, we were trying to wonder what would happen here or what happened to these people here. Um, I don't know exactly. I know people who are friends of friends of Spinco, um, but I don't know the, the actual owners myself. 
I know that uh, the owner of the place is in the medical field too. Yep. So they clearly have some kind of uh, understanding of what they should be doing as far as uh, clean practices. Yes. I think actually, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I think mm -hmm. one of the doc, um, one of the owners is actually a doctor. So he mm -hmm. actually came up with a lot of the, um, like a lot of the protocols, even like the extra ones. Cause from yeah. my research on the situation as well, because I wanted to look at it and see like, okay, like what happened? Did they, did they do something wrong? Did they, you know, did they not properly screen people going in from, yeah. from my understanding of the situation? I think everything was followed the way that like the government laid out and like all the protocols that they've laid out. Yeah, I think they even went up and above and something slipped through the cracks. Like, I think it just, yeah. it, something happens. Right. And I think the last thing people want, and like, especially at your school, I think the last thing that you want to happen is like, you know, somebody gets sick and something happens like, but unfortunately like you can do everything perfect, but like, this is a reality right now. Like yeah. something like that can happen at your school or a gym or wherever yeah you can be doing everything that you could be doing to prevent it yeah yeah the presumptions are going to be made as far as like how things would have been done there but you know nobody could actually say as far especially from the outside you know oh i would have done this way or they probably did this so the assumptions you make about the places it's it's kind of scary but like i said it's just so it's it's unfortunate and then it kind of spread to another place uh, another restaurant which like i said i can't say for sure because i didn't read the article but the hearsay is there, there's some relation between how things got spread there. Um, I don't even know the exact, exact numbers. So for me to actually claim anything about it, you know, it's just hearsay for me though. But yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's hard for everybody. So, and I, I do feel for those business owners too, because like I said, there's a few places that have kind of shut down now that really, it's just so, it's, it's scary and it, it's really disheartening. You know, it's really sad to, to hear about a few guys who even this week, somebody just recently shut down again. So, you know, somebody really tight in our community. But yeah, so outside of that, that's it. I've just been chilling. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been chilling with all, all these hundreds of books that I have in the background that, uh, <laughs> that I have in my meetings that make me look, look smart when I'm uh, doing some uh, engineering and such. <laughs> yeah, bird law, so... <laughs> so so jj how did you even get kind of like get started into jujitsu like what what was kind of the journey what happened <sighs> well i i was actually training in grappling arts and, and submission grappling since uh i'd say 1997 um and i got my first black belt under samir site in 2005 and i trained with him i coached uh under him for for that long and then I started growing, I started moving on to a different position and I opened my own school up in, in 2012, I believe, such a blur now. Um, but I need an affiliation and I was looking around at different places. I was shopping around how I, who would I approach? And I used to go to Vegas a lot uh, with a lot of friends uh, just for, for fun. But the one time I went down, I think it was in 2008, I ran into, I, I retrained at Couture's place, uh, Randy Couture's place in Vegas. Extreme and, Couture Las Vegas. I'm sorry? Oh, Extreme Couture Las Vegas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was down there and Robert was teaching a class there. Um, he was he was one of the head coaches there for Jiu-Jitsu at the time. And uh, yeah, I just, I took a great liking to him. Like I thought he was amazing. His, his coaching style was something that kind of lined up with mine. Um, and then when I opened my school up and I found out that he started his own school up. Uh, just down the street so 
Um, I, I actually just walked up to him. I, I flew down there, came up to him and said, hey, I'd like I open, open the school up. I got a black belt in submission grappling. I do this and that. Um, I got, you know, I, I've been training. I've been coaching for this long. Can I, uh, you know, can I, can I be one of your affiliates? He just looked at me and goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, let me was, think about it. Let me yeah, think about well, it. Kind of like that. Like, no. it, the, thing, <laughs> the thing I love about him is he'll definitely, he's not going to like be, he'll, he'll tell you exactly what he's, what's on his mind. And, um, he kind of, I kind of stuck around for a bit. I did a few classes there. And then he, I actually did a tournament there. It was my first one. It was kind of crazy because I had no friends, no family down there. This guy just walks up to him and says, hey, I want to start my own school. So he let me do, I believe it was the Nagas in Las Vegas um, as a white belt. And it was a little bit, like I said, I'm, I was trying to just jump through the hoops. So I went through, I trained there, I, I got double gold. And then he, he gave me my first blue belt on the podium right away. And he said, yeah, you, you're an affiliate. So it was a very awkward spot because, you know, it's, it's going close to eight years ago now where it, it's most, most people who run a school who have an affiliation, I don't think you're supposed to have one under purple or brown now, but I was kind of a blue belt running my school um, as a, you know, as a blue belt under him. So, but I did have several years of experience after that before that anyway so but yeah so i just climbed the ranks i i took my black belt off and i started right from white belt again or right from blue belt again and just i got my black belt last year just been over a year now so yeah about it just try to compete as much as i can fell in love with it and, yeah. <laughs> here, here i am here i am and then fast forward to today so so how many um drysdale um affiliates are in canada now um in canada i think there's eight i'm gonna shoot for okay. eight i think five are in in ontario but okay oh so there's a big one in, in alberta luke harris has the high booster center out there and I, I feel like there's one or two in bc but um like i said I'm, I, I know the guys around here and you feel it's here we're pretty close with um pretty awesome guys in Cuba, so but yeah, that's the one thing I, I always reflect on that face Saturday. Um, I really miss Sundays because Sundays used to be a great place at, at, at 50. Uh, we used to have our open mats there. We used to make really fun memes or posters about it. But I loved it because I used to have, you know, five or six or seven. I've had up to 12 schools come in just for our open mat there. And um, it was awesome. Like we'd have guys from Toronto, we guys from Buffalo. And it would be a great place where we just come in, train, and probably go to eat somewhere after that. So, but uh, we started doing open mats since I think it was like right from the, the get-go, right from 2012. Every Sunday we ran them. So, but yeah, I do miss that part of the community of it too. I miss it a lot too. One thing, because uh, I was talking to like Michael Sheehan a lot about this as well, and mm -hmm. when he was coming up like in the belt ranks, and I was as well, because we were talking like during that time as we were coming up there were a lot more open mats like every sunday it would be like okay there's a open mat at fifth dimension or there's an yeah. open mat at um like gringos or there's an open mat at like body of four there's yeah. they're all over the city and like you'd have people that you know normally don't train at these schools and they would go there and they go to different places train with different people which you know in my my opinion like i'm a very um I'm very open with, you know, cross training, everything. I think it's fantastic because you need to, 
not only train with other people sometimes, but also get some, maybe some different perspectives on things than maybe yeah. they don't have at your home gym. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But the one thing that I think we both noticed at the time is I think over the last while, there's been less and less of that. And I don't know if you've noticed that in Hamilton specifically, but I've kind of noticed that more like maybe outside of Hamilton, maybe like in the Toronto area. But um, I don't know if you've had experience that, but what's kind of your take on that? And do you still think there's a lot more, you still get a lot more open minded training when it comes to like, you know, or talking pre COVID, but like, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you find that there's that it's, it's kind of gone down or has it still been kind of the same for you? Or it's just like, it's just been the same environment. You mean like less people coming in cross training at other open mats? And, and yeah, like, like, I, I don't know. I actually found it was increasing more and more. Um, at least in my area, um, I've had more people coming in. Um, like as my open mat started getting more more popular, I've had other people come in. Like even white belts, because generally white belts don't come to these open mats, um, which I'm not against. And like I said, I think a lot of coaches have that idea of it's nice to have a good foundation of your own school before you start discovering other places too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was fine with it. Like I'm fine with anybody going anywhere. I was happy with my guys going to other places too. Um, I, it was a good community for it. So, but no, I didn't, I never found that. I never found that uh, things were starting to um, evaporate or, or, or lines were starting to get drawn in the sand or anything like that. I found that it was actually the opposite way. I found that more people were starting to train uh, coming into my place at least. Um, my biggest regret is uh, I'm kind of stuck there. Like I miss going to Gringo's or I miss going to see Tony or I miss going to like the Niagara Falls or something. Like I loved going to other places too. Um, and I think I was one of those guys that uh, as a gym owner, um, I, I didn't care. Like I would jump in, I would learn new stuff from somebody else. You know, I'd learn from anywhere because, um, it was just great. You know, it's the community you get to that I like more than anything else. And the great thing is, when you have these new guys coming, like a purple belt coming in from, from Toronto BJJ or something, and they'll come in there and it, it's like they're, if you're new to a place, you're a little bit guarded because you're trying to test the waters out. But, you know, inside a half an hour, it's just like anywhere else. You start realizing everyone's the same people here, you know, and we're all going to eat sushi afterwards anyway, so it's not going to make a difference. So that's about it. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is just we all have this connection for jujitsu and, and we all do this because it really hurts a lot but i definitely notice i'm buying a lot less advil right now too so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't hurt physically <laughs> but sometimes it hurts emotionally uh, yeah tell me about it so right in the right in the feelings yeah well you know i, I don't know yeah that's the biggest thing i notice is um act doesn't hurt anymore i don't have to really roll out of bed as hard but um i'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen when we start trading yeah, on a regular pace again. I am looking forward to it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to ask you that because I was like, how do you, like, obviously when government regulations and people's health is the biggest issue, right? But when you think, like, places are going to be able to open up their schools a little bit more with looser rules and all that stuff, do you feel that open mat concept will come back or do you think some school owners might still still like a little bit more guarded? Uh, from my point of view, I'm probably going to be a lot more guarded. Um, not because of anything as far as a different school, but uh, it's going to be a huge adjustment. You know, no matter what they're saying, the new norm, the new this, the new that. Um, even with protocols, I mean, I think 
I'm still going to, I want to have open mat hopefully by next summer. Like I, you know, I have this gut prediction with no founding evidence or anything else other than a dream that by next summer, things will start getting back to normal. Like, I mean, hopefully by June or July, um, we'll, we'll start getting back to actually regular classes, but there's actually no evidence or no, any, anything that proves that that might be right. You're just basically okay. throwing it, throwing it out there. I'm so, summer 2020. It's going to be Bill the Mary summer pass. of JJ. Yeah. It's going to be summer yeah. of George. <laughs> if I think about it, be. hard, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I achieve and believe it or something. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, that, that being said, um, like I said, the first few things that I really miss doing is planning our school trips to Vegas. Um, that's the one thing I love doing is because our flagship school was in Vegas, uh, we did two or three trips there a year. Um, we did a hard one in August because a lot of us are old. So we'd like to do the old man worlds for sure. Um, but he always had training camps for that. And like, sorry, Robert always had training camps and it was fantastic. So we would go down, probably spend seven days on there. Um, you know, five days of training, one day of this kind of acclimating and one day of just going out for dinner or something like that. But it was a great thing. But the thing that really, that I really miss about it is going down there and hanging out with a Damaroni or, or Mike Aviado or, or like Fernando. It was crazy because it's like you're down there and you're, you're from other schools, but you're, you're almost like the same team. You guys always saw each other in comp. You'd see each other on those 31 huge mats at the Worlds or the World Masters. And it's just that nice connection I really miss. And I can't wait for that to come back to the world. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious. To... Summer 2021. <laughs> Summer 2021. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm curious to see, especially, like, because Florida is having, like, the World Masters this year. I think they're going to plan on doing the Worlds as well in Florida at some point later in the fall. So, and yeah. I know they're have, they're spacing things out where it's like your division is on one day. You can't go watch the matches. You can't do anything. So like, it's obviously going to take place over a bunch of more days. And mm -hmm. obviously for social, it's going to be interesting how like they slowly start to bring this back and how it starts to roll. I'm, I'm curious to see how it works. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, this, what December fourteenth? I think they're starting for the Masters Worlds. I think um, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd have to double check yeah. the date, but yeah. No, it is because I it was checking flights, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because it's yeah. like, well, how do you run a tournament during all this? Like, what are the protocols? Like, if you know, hey, one day if somebody comes out with like a streamline, like thirty second test, do you have COVID? <laughs> yes, no, and then you can go compete or do do whatever. Like, I think. It'll be, it'll be real interesting to see like how, you know, tournaments are run down, like tournaments are being run down there. They're kind of being like the guinea pig of like the world right now, just to kind of see how everything goes. Like, is there going to be like a massive, you know, wave of herpes that's going to break out and like kill us all or, or is everything going to be fine? You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Regardless, everything's going to be fine. I, I, I know that everything's going to be fine. We're going to get through this regardless. However, um, when it comes to these tournaments, when it comes to Florida, when it comes to a lot of things in the southern states, I, I don't think they care. Like, I think uh, they'll they give you they don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I don't, they don't really care about anything. I mean, it's that's the crazy thing is I know guys down there who are like, oh, we just train through it. It's a cold. 
you know, 1% of the population, you know, as long as we take our vitamin D, vitamin C, whatever, we'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, <laughs> but it's not. So, um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, every once in a while I think about going down, I'm not going to lie. Like I think, okay, I gotta, you know, it's probably gonna be a smaller bracket. Maybe I could do something down there, <laughs> but you know, and then the, the, you start realizing, no, it's crazy. Why would you do that? You know, the, you know, the better choice is obviously not to go, but sometimes like when the pans came by, I was actually, I was actually trying to train for it, you know, help me kind of get back into shape, but it's so hard to do that. You know, you can't have any contact. You can't really train with anybody, but the mindset of like, well, maybe I'll actually start, you know, going for a run more. Maybe I'll like, you know, put down this tub of ice cream or the other tub of ice cream. Yeah, health and uh, fitness advice, uh, starring JJ Philo. <laughs> Philo yeah, well, you know, use a smaller spoon. So, I don't know. Um, Aaron, put down the ice cream, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, that's I throw the spoon away, just use a hand, like you know, what, what's the use? You know, ultra weight's not that bad, so. Um, but yeah, like I try and set that. I think that was the greatest part about it is, is when you guys set those deadlines, like, okay, uh, the Ontario Open's coming up, you know, I got to start training for that. So it, ke- it kept you sharp. And I was trying to see if I could pseudo do that with the pans, but it didn't work. And I'm trying to do that again with the world. So, or the world masters, and we'll see what happens with that. But, um, that's the biggest challenge I see with a lot of people right now is they need that kind of deadline. They need that goal set to have, and it's hard to get that when, um, we, it, it, how restricted we are right now too. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's like everybody. I mean, like yeah. people are so, Hey, I need a, I need a goal. I need an objective. I need yeah. a date and an end date to kind of like plan ahead so they can think about it that way. And especially as competitors, yeah. I think it's like, they go, okay, I have 12 weeks to prepare for X. I'm going to have to do X within those 12 yeah. weeks. And they're going to set themselves on that goal path. And especially yeah. like now, whereas you get people who start for like two weeks, but it's really kind of hard to really keep that momentum going where yeah. it's just because it's like in the back of your mind, you still kind of know you're like, eh, this is really not for what I want to do. Right. So yeah. it's kind of, I can see why people are having that difficulty, but again, it comes down to discipline. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. It's like, actually being disciplined to build off of it and again that's that's a hard tool unless you're again being isolated is even harder and is yeah discipline over motivation is what a lot of people say but it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to um try and stay diligent with something or even like like doing dai jujitsu like i mean you're not really doing it you know you, you, you picture it but you know it's hard not to strangle it at work, I, I even say to people, it's been months since I've strangled someone. And uh, they think I'm joking. <laughs> it's been months since I've strangled somebody. You're yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I can't. I, uh, HR will start coming at me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you yeah, have that a little HR, different workplace. You, you have that HR problem. Uh, unfortunately, me and Aaron, don't. Uh, we don't have that. Nothing. Yeah, I want to deal with that stuff. <laughs> HR? What's HR? <laughs> That's like a heel hook. No, yeah. <laughs> so, so JJ, you uh, how? So your gym, uh, Fifth Dimension, is yes. in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. When did you start Fifth Dimension? Take us through that process. 
what got you into like, what was that kind of that moment? You're like, Hey, you know what? I, I think I should open a gym and work, a work 12 hour days on top of it. Yeah. Well, it's so fun. Um, so I had my own student body when I was training at, um, Samir. Like, I don't know if you got, are you guys familiar with Samir Saif? So yeah, yeah, he was my coach. I was with him for about 17 years. Um, so I trained under him. In 2005, I started my own classes slowly with my cousins. So I basically had, you know, about a dozen Filipinos running around late at night with me from 9.30 till midnight. So we ran classes after classes. Um, yeah, our, our routine was kind of crazy. But um, as he kind of transferred, he moved to like opening bigger opportunities for himself, uh, which led him to closing down Combat Reaction, which was his original school. Um I was kind of left out there with the, the choice of like, what am I going to do with my students now? I, I've had students for two, three years. And it was a, a choice I made of like, do I want to start my own school up right now? Like, am, am I at that point? I know I'm qualified to do it, but um, do I want to do it? Like I knew it was going to be a big commitment. It's, it, you change your life when you start going from being a coach to being a coach and a gym owner. Um, and it's, it's kind of those, one of those weird commitments that you get a little bit scared about, but I did. And initially, I didn't open up with jiu-jitsu. Like, I didn't open up with Brazilian jiu-jitsu at all. I actually opened up with, um, uh, I did a lot of kung fu. So I did a lot of uh, use of force and, and, and combatives. So I trained with a lot of law enforcement and police. So I did a lot of Wing Chun-based combatives. Uh, we did Muay Thai. And we did submission grappling. So we followed the same rules as Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I didn't have a formal affiliation. So I'm not going to call myself something I don't have a proper title for. So that being said, I was like, I gotta find a way to make sure I can, I can call myself a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school. So that's where I found Robert. Um, he was probably, like I said, one of the top guys that I wanted to train with. So from there, that's how I started with it. So I've had several people as far as coaches come in to help me with it. Um, I have a, like a really tight knit group of people right now who started with me. Like they've been pretty much there from the get go. The only person who hasn't been there right from the start with me is, um, you guys know Patricia, obviously. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to actually have her on in probably like a week or two as well. Awesome. Yeah. So she's family to me too. Um, it's, it's just weird how close I've gotten with everybody here. Like the Muay Thai coach uh, is crew Kyle Regan. And um, we've lived together for, for several years too. He is like my brother. We still hang out all the time outside of the school. So I have that close group. I have Kenny Mills. I have, like I said, Patricia. And I have several people who started with me, and now they're at that point of they have invested so much time into the school, like they became coaches, and now they're doing things that are parallel. Like I have one girl, um, Michelle Pepin, and she, is, uh, she certified herself this year as a kettlebell coach too. So she's running kettlebell classes on top of this now. So she's just loving uh, how much um, opportunity she has with the place. And as far as a coach to see her go from her white belt to like, she's a senior purple belt now, it just blows my mind the transformation people have. So I think that's what keeps me going is when I see a lot of these people who come in and they're one way and now they're, they've changed so much. And you think about it, it's, you know, I've only been open eight years, but you know, sometimes that feels like eight months. Sometimes that feels like 80 years. Like it, it depends on how relative it is. Right. Hey, you guys think about what were you doing eight years ago? And sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Like, yeah. And then like other times you're like, oh, man, that was like so long ago. But yeah, so it's it's crazy 
what things change and what things stay the same there. But um, yeah, as far as a place, I, I wouldn't be able to run without those guys either, like any of those coaches. So another thing, um, how is business wise? Like, is there any, anything you would recommend to somebody who might be listening to this going, Hey, you know what? I want to open up a jujitsu school or I want to do something, you know, in jujitsu, you know, business wise, like, do you have any advice for them? No. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah. No, you know what? It's, it's, it's funny. Don't Um, don't go in there. (laughs) Um, it's, I don't know, man, you got to wear a lot of hats, but uh, both you guys have been to several schools. Uh, you know, every school has their own little idiosyncrasies. Um, some people are really good at business and some people are really good at coaching. Some people are really good at people. Um, some people are really good at fighting and some people are good at one or two of those things. So every school I've seen, uh, could play on the strength of what they're good at. Uh, I think I'm okay at the business side. I'm trying to be the best coach I can. And I think I'm okay at like the com- competition side. I'm not a great competitor, but I think I, I have a good mindset for it. Um, so I try and take whatever I have as far as those skills and use those to make the best school I can. Like I look at somebody else, like look at, you look at Gringo and his coaching ability is, is phenomenal. His business ability is amazing. So he has such strong strengths to make what he did. Um, and you, you look at people who run different kinds of schools, like I'm really good friends with PJ and the, the aura of his school, like the personality and the, the product he puts out of there, it's the same thing. Like his coaching is, is amazing too. And as a person, he's amazing. And you look at Jeff, the same thing. Jeff is such a staple in Hamilton too. Like he's a fantastic guy. You know, if I see him at uh, comps, we stop, we hang out for a bit and, and you know, chit chat a bit, but the same thing, everybody Whoever it's it's like starting any business, I think. You know, you're gonna play on your strengths and then you're gonna need help on your weaknesses anyway. So so I got a lot of friends to help me with my weaknesses. So, but that's about it. Um yeah, like it, running your own place, you definitely there's a lot of things. If it's running smoothly, you're doing a good job. That's about it. Like if nobody's really complaining, you're doing a fantastic job. You know, half the time people don't even know what I do at the place, which means I'm doing it really good then. So like if I get, if people have no idea what I'm doing, then that's, that's a good thing. So if they have less questions, I feel good about it. So does that make sense? So, kind of. No, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah. like, did you did you have this vision, especially when you look at like your students that you say that have like grown for like they've been with you for so long and they've moved into these different roles within the club and. Yeah. getting different certifications and working with you did you ever envision that when you started that original spot of like okay i'm gonna open up a school or was it just kind of like we'll manifest it as we go like did you think that it was gonna go that route man i didn't even know i'd be an affiliate for jujitsu when i opened my school up um i i every time i look at my business it's like remortgaging my house you know i, I change everything up a bit you got to format everything you got to like move things around and, and you accommodate to what happens. Like, um, when you're a white belt, you always envision having a black belt. But when you get your black belt, it's not exactly how, it's not the same picture you had when you were a white belt, but it's, it's different, right? It's like when you set any goals. When you finish your goal, you're kind of a different person. You're kind of a different spe- uh, mindset. So it's never what you expected, but it's what you wanted. If that makes sense too, though. 
You guys ever yeah. had that kind of feeling where it's like, you, well, once you hit your goal, it's not what you thought it would be, but it's it's still such a great thing. So when I'm running this school, it's the same thing. Like, it's an ongoing uh, um, project, I guess. And I don't have any uh, plans of closing anytime soon. So I'm curious to see where this place will go in the next 5, 10, 15 years. See exactly. I don't care about growing big. I don't care if I have 500 students. But I'm just curious now to the point where I'm open to see where my next batch of black belts will come in. Because we're at that point now where I'm the only black belt there. But I have several people who are at the cusp of having their black belt as well. So it's going to be that position too, of seeing what's going to happen. Cause that's a huge dynamic. That's a huge shift for my school as well. Right? Like I started the place as zero, zero belts. I was the only blue belt at one point at this place. And now I'm at the point where I'm going to have a cusp of a handful of black belts coming out in the next year or two. So I definitely noticed that changes the demeanor and the attitude of the school. I'm curious how that will blossom from my place. You know, so especially when things start coming back in June 7th, <laughs> June seventh, twenty twenty one. COVID will magically disappear. JJ is calling just, it right now. You just wake up, wake up, and it's like you know what was that? Remember that time with COVID? I'm gonna, I'm you gonna, know, I'm gonna log that, that time, June seventh, twenty twenty one. If things that's actually the, disappear, I'm gonna be like, what? Like JJ Nostradamus episode, whatever the hell this is. Of, it's just, it's just Hazard podcast. <laughs> I, I'm putting it on the Twitter. I'm going to say, like, JJ said, June 7th, 20, sorry, June 7th, 2021. Boom. We're just going to put it. Perfect. COVID's done. done. And then done. on the same day, we're going to, boom, pop it back. We'll see where we're at. It's going to be like, it's going to be like 15,000 cases a day. And then, like, June 7th, 2021 rolls around. It's like zero. It's just gone. Boom. It just <laughs> vanishes. <laughs> it just completely oh, disappears. Now speaking, speak, so sorry, uh, JJ. So speaking of COVID, there, there's, there's been some cases in Hamilton. We talked about that with Spinco. Mm -hmm. But uh, how long have you been a resident of Hamilton for? I grew up here. Oh, you grew up I here. Grew up Born, here. raised. You know, you, you know, you know the streets of Hamilton, um, the ins and outs. Like the back of my foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some sometimes the good, the bad, and the ugly of Hamilton. Well, yeah. I want to run through. <laughs> a, I want to. Well, sorry, say that again. I'm just mumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you uh, you're walking down a street in yes. Hamilton. We'll call it maybe Barton. We'll call it Barton Street. You're walking down Barton. Good street. Late at night. What yes. are you? What are you more likely to get there? COVID or a meth addict jumping you? Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Just yes. <laughs> Methodic with COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's we've we've got pockets. We've got pockets of bad, but we've got like I said, Hamilton's weird. Um I don't actually live downtown. I live on a mountain. So I live in like Germany. Oh, you live you live where there's not meth addicts. So there's not a lot. There's less not a lot. Not as significantly less. It's uh, manageable up here. So. They, and they live really? in houses houses and not dumpsters. What? What's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. I know I, Hamilton does get a bad rap. There are just like in every other city, there there's pockets of good and there's pockets of bad, but uh you know yeah. at least you're in a, a safe spot. Well, um it's crazy because Hamilton, I, I like, I'm not going to lie, I like that we have this kind of horrible reputation because it keeps a lot of people out 
um, it's not that busy here. And I kind of like that. Uh, we have actually, in the last five, six years, cleaned up our downtown quite a bit. Like, it, it, there is a lot of horrible places there, obviously, too. Um, I've lived in a lot of cities, actually. I, I left Hamilton for about 15 years, and I traveled a lot more. Um, like, I lived down south a lot. I lived in, in, in Florida for a few years and lived, like, out west for a few years. But, yeah, every city's got their their horrible spots. Um, and I, I came back to Hamilton. You know, you, you always love this the city that you grew up in because, I mean, there's, there's memories and familiarity. I don't. Yeah, well, I mean, some people do. You're <laughs> yeah. from Brampton. Um, Nobody cares about Brampton. That's why, Mike. Well, um, I think they should. <laughs> Brampton's currently in code red right now. I personally believe they should be put in code black. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> Are you guys both from there? No, we're not. No, I'm from Etobicoke. Um, oh, well, that's where I work, actually. So, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron's, Aaron's south, yeah. south Etobicoke from the, the night, the nice side of it. Um, another, so another question. Uh, so, worst city, yeah. Hamilton or Brampton, and why is it Brampton? <laughs> I, I, I still say Hamilton. I love the place, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I maybe because I haven't been to Brampton enough, so. I, I, mean, I think that's probably why that you're Well, here. they got a great soccer center, and I go there quite a bit. I used to because that's where um, the GTA Open was, wasn't it? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good spot. That's, actually, you know what? Why... That soccer center is actually fantastic. If you I, will, about it. I will say that is one of the nicer venues that uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments have taken part of. There's been a lot of GTA classics there. Shout out to Tony Isaacs and Dan Maroney. There's also been a lot of Ontario Opens there as well. Uh, many mm-hmm. moons ago, shout out also to Fernando Zulik. All three of those mm-hmm. gentlemen are podcast alumni as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think you've seen, uh, I don't know, like there's downtown Hamilton and then there's downtown Brampton. Just different I, yeah, uh, like said, levels of. <laughs> my, my full experience of Brampton is, is their soccer center. So it's very positive. Um I would say but just keep it, keep your experience just to the soccer center, and I think it'll be good. Really, I might go by there. Anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I said, it's I'm I'm pretty good with the whole area. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have I'm not good at the whole making fun of cities thing because I feel like everyone who stays in the cities there are there is a bit of charm that everyone likes to have with where they're where they're from. Sometimes I'm I'm, I'm speaking up voice because that's kind of a question. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, Hamilton goes, I do notice that, it, it, like, before COVID, it started becoming a pretty good city as far as restaurants. We're trying to get the, the whole art scene coming in here. Um, it's unfortunate how the way things hit because a lot of the small businesses that started blooming here, they're, 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 they're really suffering, too, though. So, just like everywhere else, though, I think. But, um, yeah, like I said, I was hoping that there would be another Hamilton Open coming up, you know, as far as how things run. Because Niagara was starting to run a really good tournament. Uh, there's always great ones in, 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 in Toronto. And, like, you look at Ottawa was having a good one. But I never found that halfway point for me. Like, I always liked Hamilton because it was somewhere between Niagara, Toronto, and, and like, London. Because all those guys, how, we all, they all have good jiu-jitsu scenes. They all have good areas there. So um, the one thing I liked about Hamilton is kind of centralized to all of that Um I was hoping that we'd be able to be, uh, organize something to run it here. Maybe in a couple of years, be nice. Maybe, maybe January or uh, June seventh, twenty twenty one, when COVID disappears. Yeah, like I mean, I'll need an hour at least to put the mats down. But yeah, so, 
Well, Jeff Jeff Jocelyn back in the day used to have the Jocelyn Invitational, and yeah, he yep. did. All, he, yeah. did he, he was actually one of the those that was like one of the first like really big tournaments that was. Yeah, he like, he ran one of the greatest ones I've ever been to. Uh, I know. Yeah, I thought it was one of the biggest ones in Canada at one point too. Um, it was literally two minutes down from my house. I remember. Um, and, but yeah, his, his tournaments were fantastic. Like he definitely knew how to run them properly. And hopefully something like that can, can come back up again. It'd be nice to have something local for me where um, I don't have to drive somewhere and drive home again and screaming at my students to lose already so I can go home. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's good to have a, a, po- a positive uh, influence in your corner. Yeah, I'm a great coach that way, right? Still improving. <laughs> but yeah. Did you ever have the opportunity to do Joslin's back in the day or? No. Um, like I said, most of my training was uh, with Samir. Like I, I was with him since 97. So how old was I? Like I, I think I was like 19 at the time, 18 at the time. And it's at age where you just, like I started training, like I started martial arts when I was six and then you stop because, you know, you start learning about cool things like Nintendo or like just, you know, being a kid. So mm-hmm. like from 14 to like, you know, 18, 19 years old, I, I didn't do anything. You know, you just, you just be a teenager and then I started getting back into it. I started investing my time back into it. So, um, yeah, I never, like I said, I, I, I ran parallel. Like me and Jeff are the same age. So, like, I, I never made it to his school. I've always heard about him outside of there. But, yeah, I never actually made a chance. It's unfortunate, though, because it, it was an opportunity lost for me. It would have been nice to be a bit closer on that kind of uh, connection, too. Yeah. But, like, as it is now, um, it, it, it's fun because, like, I mean, the, the connection in Hamilton right now, it, it seems pretty good as far as, like, well, not right now it's kind of hard, obviously, with COVID. But um, right before COVID hit, like, it was nice to see. I see a lot of Jeff's guys come to my place or my guys go to his place to train or, like, especially with PJ. There was a really close connection, I'm not going to lie, with me and PJ, uh, mainly because my brother trains there. Um, yeah, I think he's one of his oldest students uh, as far as, like, uh, how long he's been there. And how old he is. So he's really old. But yeah. So the same thing. Like I mean. I remember when PJ first opened his doors. And I, I helped him build his place too though. So. Uh, and a lot of his guys come to my place to train too. For, especially for Muay Thai. So they, a lot of the guys like to do striking. Um, which is where I'm really happy at. I'm really lucky to have a coach who actually is. Just specialized in the Muay Thai side too. So. Yeah. yeah. Well I'm hoping that. When eventually when things eventually get back to some sort of normal pj is open able to open up back again eventually down the road yeah. so yeah no matter what like if he has an opportunity to and he needs help or he needs like i doubt he needs help because he's you know who he is but if he ever needs help he knows that i'm, I'm there to support him with anything he needs to do well, so um yeah it's anybody who if i ever had a chance or an opportunity to help anybody like whether it's here or like somewhere in Toronto or, or anywhere else. I mean, it's such a hard thing to, to have to shut your place down. Like, I, I thought about that. I stared at my school a few times, and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about how what would happen if I have to stop my lease. Where would I put all my stuff? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's such a hard thing. And that's the worst thing to think about is, like, where am I going to put all my stuff? You know, my place isn't small, but it isn't big either. But it's big enough where, um, you know, my wife's not going to, like, stacking mats beside her bed 
uh, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, <laughs> bags in the bathtub, or you know, I mean, it's not going to be really cool to have that. But um, yeah, I don't know where I put all our stuff. If, if she did. Like so what you're saying is your wife doesn't want you to build a bolo base in your basement. Well, no, I, we do a lot of outdoor training and like the front of the driveway. You know, no, we're probably not. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I said, um, yeah, like I, just to stop the momentum of, of a school is so crazy. So, you know, I, I, like when you stop your business like that, it's like stopping a train. You know, it's going to take so much more energy to start it back up again. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think me and Eric can, Aaron can also speak because we had a, a program at a, a gym that we were running and it was the momentum, the gears were starting to start turning. We noticed yeah. more and more people were noticing it, more and more people were starting to sign up. And then just, I felt like it just hit a brick wall and yeah. here we are. And yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. in the situation that we're in, it's it, we can't really run a program there right now because just based on the restrictions or just the management or upper upper people. And I totally understand it from their perspective. They're just like, yeah. you know, like we don't want to take this risk right now. It's just it's just not worth yeah. worth what can yeah. potentially happen, which I totally understand. It, it's such a frustrating thing because there, it's everybody's always looking for an enemy. Everyone's always looking for a target to shoot. And there is no specific target here. So the, I, I find a lot of tension happens from that. It, it, it's trying to swing for something that's not there. Like, I mean, it would be so much easier if we can have COVID as a person. You know, it'd be so great if he, if he was a person. But yeah. Screw you, COVID. Go away. Back to your country, COVID. <laughs> It would be like it would be like that kid in school that everybody just picked on for like no reason. Just just because like people are dicks and they're just pick on one kid for no reason whatsoever. Like Aaron might have been that kid in school, you never know. But like just this Aaron COVID gall. Can you imagine if your name was COVID by accident before this started? Oh man, that would be so fantastic. Oh yeah. What's even like even like Corona beer has like been totally ruined. Oh, I know, right? Like as a business. Like Everybody loved Corona in the summer. Everybody drank Corona. There was yeah, never an yeah. issue. And then all of a sudden, coronavirus. And it just became this big thing that shut the world down. It's like, uh-huh. nope, keep that stuff away from me. Screw you, Corona. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's the biggest anxiety people have is, you know, there's nothing to blame. It's just a, a circumstance. And having a, a rough circumstance, people, including myself, I have a hard time coping with it sometimes. But you know, it's just got to wait till June 7th and we'll be all right. All right. Uh, June 7th, 2021. <laughs> I'm going to circle that date on my calendar. Uh, I, just, I, just lo- I just looked it up. So it's a Monday. So it, it won't be a tournament day, but we can always schedule the tournament for the 12th, which is a Saturday. So you have a lot of, that, a lot of time to set it up. So Monday, it's a chess day. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one last, uh, so JJ, one last thing I want to ask you this evening. Yes. Um, just based on... From now, maybe even to June seventh, twenty twenty one, where yeah. uh, what are your plans? What are your plans for Fifth Dimension? What are your plans for yourself? You know, personally, like what what do you got planned for the future? From now till then, um, I don't know, man. It's it's you know what? It's it's always this adventure of how are you going to adapt? What what are you going to innovate things? And and you know, it's weird because it when you start looking at things and when when we had that spike and then things started going down in August. You know, maybe maybe we're through this thing. Maybe we could start doing contact training again. And and we had those social circles. And you're like, 
okay, now we're going to start a new format. Like I was at that point where because classes were so quiet, I was thinking, okay, maybe I can revamp my curriculum now. I could start clean slate and say, this is how I'm going to reorganize my classes. Um, but then we hit the second spike. So now I'm at that point where it's like, how are we going to start training, training again for this? So I think a lot of people have adapted pretty good as far as how to do condition classes, how to do stretching. So for me, I'm finding I'm getting a lot more flexible again. I'm actually working on uh, um, more rehab things. Like I said, I've, my knees are fantastic. So I'm actually learning to strengthen my knees up. Uh, I'm learning how to do proper training sets as far as uh, strength and conditioning. I might get back into weightlifting again. Uh, so that being said, I might integrate that into a lot of my classes. Because if I can invest my student body into actual weightlifting, I do think it'll give a longevity into their training. I don't care if they compete, but at least they have the ability to roll more. They have the ability to kind of know how to do recovery properly. So the greatest thing I have is like I, I talked about Michelle. She started doing kettlebell training, which it's exponentially trained, uh, changed her strength level. So that kind of put me in a point too, of like maybe we can invest that time before we start getting into full contact training again into strengthening ourselves, adding flexibility, adding some kind of uh, um, training that it's not necessarily endurance because you can't really hit that. So maybe there's other programs we could set with that. So, you know, definitely. That's and, the best uh, I got to June 7. Yeah. So you're a, your perfect segue into one of our other sponsors that I'm going to throw out there right now is canadianprotein.com. So if you want to get them sick gains like JJ's got in them bicep veins, nice. you want to go on canadianprotein.com, use promo code CHOKE, C-H-O-K-E, get yourself 10% off some protons, get them into your biceps. JJ, how big are your arms? They got to be at least 24-inch pythons. No, they're uh... – Centimeter. It's metric. So uh, <laughs> you just completely killed my segue ad, but it's promo code choke. Get yourself 10% off. And we also got one more sponsor. I just want to throw in this evening and that is project X guard. We had Raul Chavez on about a month ago. Chavez. Chavez. Julio Cesar Chavez was like one of my all time favorite boxers actually, but I digress. So Raul Chavez. Um, Raul boxes. Right. Yes. <laughs> So Raul Chavez, uh, he, he is the program coordinator for Project XGuard. It is a not-for-profit that helps to uh, work with at-risk youth in their communities and, and spread the love and good vibes that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can have on your life. So if, there, if there's anybody out there listening to this right now who feels that they know somebody who can be positively influenced, and JJ actually listed a lot of people this evening, that have been, uh, you know, great influences, not only on, you know, his academy, but have, you know, kind of changed themselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. Um, that is the great thing about training martial arts, especially Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I think we can all agree on that. So Project X-Guard does uh, very, really good things for the community. So uh, check them out. Give them a shout. It's Raul Chavez on Instagram. Also Project X-Guard on Instagram. You can also connect with him through us at the Choking Hazard podcast page that is also on instagram bam <laughs> awkward silence good 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 segue matt all right so uh <laughs> get them gains in your bicep veins 
I also rap. Uh, I've also picked up, uh, I've done a lot of different things uh, during the COVID period because I've been off with uh, another sponsor, CERB and Justin Trudeau. I've uh, been really helping out me and Aaron uh, in our, in our sponsorship months during when we were doing this podcast. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Those, those are uh, two more sponsors that we have there. So you want to, you want to check them out. Liberal party of Canada. <laughs> 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 That's quite the sponsor, man. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we got a lot of sponsors. Eh? It's really, we got to try to work as many, as many of them as possible. I, I think we're, uh, we're trying to segue some of them in. So I think we, yeah. we talked a lot about like strength and conditioning and how important it is, but also like, you know, your recovery as well. And I think I've noticed the times for myself, I feel physically better when I'm doing a lot more weight training. I was actually having yeah. this discussion with a student earlier today that, you know, during, during COVID it's like, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm up to about 200 pounds. He was like, what? And he's like, normally you're like 185. I'm like, yeah, I've been lifting. I actually feel physically like a lot better. Like my joints, I don't feel as banged up. I'm also not training as much too, which is probably helping, but I just feel like, you know, having more muscle mass and more gains, it helps to, especially if you're doing it properly and you're lifting, you know, proper form and technique. Um, and also strengthening certain areas that kind of get banged up during, you know, during your jiu sessions, your knees, your shoulders, yeah. your elbows, strengthening the, the muscles around that will help with reinforcing like your ligaments and tendons. So you're not taking such a beating. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, I, I've had several different kinds of guys with different kinds of training methods. Um, I talked to like, I got guys who do powerlifting. I got guys who do weight, actual weightlifting. And there's different uh, techniques they use. Like, uh, do you guys know Aaron Diedrich? I'm not sure. If I've, heard the, I've heard the name. I've heard the yeah, name. He, yeah, he, he's, like I said, he, I believe he's a brown belt. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a big guy. He's, he's just solid. But, yeah, he actually ran his own powerlifting gym at one point, too. And, like, you could just tell the difference in his strength and just how he has advantages. And he's roughly the same He's a little bit heavier than me, maybe like 15 pounds. We're close to the same now because of how much bigger I am. But you could just tell the density of like his grips, his movement is just so everything is so sure when you when you fight something like that. And then you'll go against a guy who does a lot of movements and like I mean or movement techniques where he does a lot of stretching or body body strength. And um you could just see their balance or their their coordination so much different with that too. So it really depends on your what disposition you have for that or how you like to how, how you train is like how you adapt to things. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you the final word this evening, JJ. Uh, do you yeah. have any sponsors you want to thank? I've, I've shouted out like about 20 sponsors already and we got more coming folks. You mean as far as somebody uh, I know of or the sponsors you guys have? No, <laughs> no, I, no, your own sponsors or anybody you want to shout out? Well, Absolutely. I think the only shout out I'd have right now was I'm halfway through a book that, um, my coach gave me he actually signed it for me which was very um it really hit me right in the fields that he gave it to me but yeah i'm actually reading this book right now so it's a fantastic book so open oh, oh yes oh, i have heard so, many great things about this book i just bought a batch of these uh like locally for anybody who's looking to grab one um oh i'm down yeah i'm down yeah. if you have one uh i'll actually t- i'll text you my address Sure, no problem. We'll but yeah, definitely like we'll definitely leave my address off of this because you know I don't want yeah. to get flooded with tons of hate mail. What? <laughs> I'll be super fan. But yeah, no, it's a fantastic book so far. I'm halfway through it, and um, it's crazy because it's it's really unbiased. Like he goes around, he talks to people, and and 
what he talks about in here is it's at that point now where a lot of these grandmasters are in their 80s and 90s so you have an opportunity to talk to them about the memories they have and how the Gracies came up, how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu came about in, in, in Brazil and the influence. So, yeah, it's a great book that covers it. And like I said, I believe it's a good warm-up to when the action movie comes out. I think it's out next month. Oh, okay, perfect. Because I'm not sure. But, yeah, so it's definitely coming out. Like I said, it's been a, a three- or four-year project for him, and it's been fantastic. So, but yeah, that's my – sponsor that <laughs> so let's uh the book is called opening close guard by close guard. robert drysdale who happens to be the instructor of jj this evening so jj yes. i, w- I want to thank are. you for coming i want to thank you for coming on this evening uh appreciate your time um well, i appreciate you guys having me on here hopefully Jay. when this all blows over me and eric can come over and we can uh do some training together yeah we eat so much food I mean, yeah, training's good too. Yeah, yeah no, I am. I am looking forward to June the seventh, twenty twenty one. That's what. That's what we're gonna come. We're gonna we're gonna show up that day. You better let us in. I'll make t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. It was so fun to have uh, to be on this. So I, I, I had a great time. No, excellent. Thank you so much, JJ. I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes. Cheers. Take care. See you soon. Bye, everybody.